Hello and welcome to The Coaching Corner, a podcast by RefCoach. We are Jack and Ale, and on this podcast, we provide short, educational conversations about refereeing to help officials improve and enjoy the game they love. So today's topic is pre-match instructions with the team. What that means is if you've got a trio of three referees, so a ref and two assistants, or if you're really lucky, you might have a fourth official as well. In one of these previous podcasts, we touched on how to do pre-match instructions with club assistant referees, but obviously when you have assistant refs or Anna Forthy who can be, who are professional or who are you know qualified, you're able to go into a lot more depth and have a far more superior team performance when you've got the team together who know what they're doing. Absolutely, Jack. If you know how to approach a game with a team and lead your team the proper way, that can only add to your performance. Obviously, pre-match instructions for some referees can be a bit daunting. If you've never done them before, it always is a bit harder to get through. Yeah. So that's why it's important to have a plan, Yeah. even for pre-match instructions. We mentioned this in the previous podcast about uh, pre-match with club officials, it's no difference. Mm. It's no different in this situation. Have a list, make a list of what you think works for you, and you can learn when you are an assistant or a fourth official for other referees, and you can take notes and take inspiration yeah. for what you think works. Yeah, and don't be afraid to practice them. You know, it might sound silly, but just go through in your head what you're going to say and how you're going to deliver it, because it will definitely be a lot better when you come to do it to your team if, okay. if you know what you're talking about. Yeah, there's nothing worse than being in front of your team and all of a sudden getting stuck and going, oh, uh, eh, mm, uh, yeah, so have I said everything? Have I forgot anything? Uh, no, maybe. So having that list, practicing it at home just will get you to be better on game then, which takes away some stress just before it. Exactly. So, Ale, why do we need pretty much instructions? Why is it important? So many different reasons, Jack. First of all, I feel that as a referee, you need to show leadership and you need to set the tone for a team performance and you need to show you are a professional and you're there to referee a game of football. And doing your pre-match instructions gives the team the idea that you know what you're doing, you are a referee, you are the leader of the team, you are the captain. And that's really important to start off a team performance, obviously. That also helps creating a team environment where everyone really knows what to expect from the game. You you give permission to your team to, to ask questions, to, to know what they're going to be doing. Obviously, you would expect your assistants to know what an offside is, otherwise they wouldn't be there on that game. But at the same time, you got to give them the permission, you got to give them the, the confidence that you are there and you trust them and they can do their job at their best. And that's very important. I think it's really important as well, Ale, by going through this, it, it lets your team know that you have confidence in them, you'll support them and you'll back them up. You know, you'll, Absolutely. you'll follow through on what you've talked about before the game. So if there's a difficult situation which might arise perhaps with a coach or a player, the assistant referee has the confidence that they can say to you, this person needs to be removed and you will follow through on that action or this coach needs a yellow card and you'll back them up by following through on that. 100%, Jack. Imagine if you are an assistant or a fourth official and you think a coach needs to be dismissed, but your referee hasn't told you what their expectation is. And normally, if you were in the middle, you would dismiss that coach 
But you don't know if the referee wants that or not, or if they prefer having a, a quiet word, or maybe they are happy just with a yellow card if disciplinary sanctions to, the, to team officials are allowed in your league. If you have the pre-match discussion and you tell your assistants, this is what we consider acceptable and this is what we consider not acceptable, then your assistants or your force official have the confidence of either raising the flag or calling you over or giving you a wave if you don't have comms <laughs> and just say, hey, this person needs to go. And they know that you will listen. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Cool. So we've talked about why they're important and clearly they are very, very important. But now we're going to talk about what needs to go in them because obviously that's just as important as why we need them is what you're saying. So it's really important when you're designing your pre-match instructions or, or going through them in your head is that they're yours. Uh, you can take inspiration from anybody else you work with, whether you're an assistant listening to a more senior ref or you get the chance to maybe shadow some more senior refs and you can listen to their pre-match instructions. It's great to take little bits of theirs, but it's probably not good advice to say copy somebody else's pre-match instructions because it's very, very, very unlikely that what you want in your game and how you're going to lead your team is exactly the same to some anybody else. So what we'll talk about in this section is some key pillars to base your pre-match instructions around. And then you can take these ideas and concepts and sort of mold them into what works for you, what works with the rules of competitions in your league, because everything's different and, and anything else that might be different in, in the way you referee to, to what we're going to talk about today. Jack, you have really good pre-match instructions and I've heard them and read them as a matter of fact before. What are your core pillars in your pre-match instructions? So one of the core pillars is about communication and these pillars remain the same whether you have a game with communication systems or whether you don't. It's just the way you communicate differs. So we'll talk about today about games without communication systems because it's only at the high levels are we lucky enough to have those. So communication, what does that look like? It's talking about things like if there is a foul, how would you like your assistant referee to indicate it? If a referee, assistant referee sees the foul close to them, do you want it to be indicated differently to if the foul is a little bit further from them? Or perhaps what about throw-ins? You know, how are you communicating with your assistant referee when the ball is going out? One really important topic to cover is to talk about eye contact. Because when we have eye contact with between refs and assistant referees, we can tell what the other person is going to do before anybody else on the ground knows what we're going to do. So eye contact is really, really crucial on balling and out of play, on fouls, all of those sorts of situations. And then another little one that could be useful on balling and out of play is, is asking the assistant referee to change the flag to the direction which the throw will be early so that you know, yes, it's going to be a defensive throw-in and you can both go together. It just adds that little bit of polish to the game. Another key pillar of your pre-match instructions is discussing fouls and penalties and what role you'd like the assistant referees and your fourth official to play in these situations. Yeah, Jack. Obviously, with, with penalties, it's very important to discuss when an assistant should get involved or not because obviously a fourth official will probably too far for, to see anything that is of value to make a decision because you are 40, 50 meters out. But in assistant, there are situations like, if you think about the gray zone, so that area between the goal and uh, within the penalty area, which is equidistant from a referee or an assistant most of the times, discussing who takes charge there, whether it's going to be the referee or whether it's going to be the assistant if the referee has its view covered. It's really important because that 
defines really who's going to make a decision there. So as an assistant, if you see a handball in the in the penalty area on the area closer to you, then you can give that information to the referee. Whilst if there is a foul on the opposite side of the pitch, the referee should be in charge there and should be able to see that because otherwise it's hard to make a credible decision when play is so far from you. And it's important to discuss how you'd like your assistant referees to communicate that information, okay? Like we touched on with the first pillar. It might be around if it's a, a big flag or if it's, I remember in the Premier League, it was probably 10, 15 years ago, they used to do the flag across the chest. And it does change from time to time. So it's important to communicate that to your assistants. Definitely. And of course, an assistant gives a, a free kick, says there is a there is an offence. Is there a disciplinary sanction that goes with it? Is there a yellow card, a red card, no card? There's different ways you can manage that and you need to work out what works best for you. You can this, you can ask your assistants, for example, to tap the top pocket if they think there is a yellow card uh, or maybe tap the, the pocket on the, on the shorts. Maybe that's not enough for you. It may be too confusing. So you may want to go and talk to your assistants about whether there's a card or not, but you need to discuss what's going to be the best decision-making process that is going to make your team really excel in that situation. A third key pillar is about mass confrontations. And this is where having a team of three or four officials can be really, really useful because there's nothing worse than when you're refereeing on your own, there's a big mass confrontation and you just don't have enough eyes to see everything that's gone on. You know that you've missed things, but you just haven't been able to see them. So it's really important to cover this topic in your pre-match because if it happens, you want to make the most use of your team as possible. So think about how that might be. Some common advice is to get your team to form a triangle around the incident so that you all have a different view and you can come together afterwards and talk and take as long as you need to work out your different pieces of information, put these pieces of information together to get the correct outcome. It's important to discuss what you'd like from the fourth official as well. Generally, you'd probably be thinking that the most important thing for the fourth official is, is dealing with the technical areas in these situations because if the fourth official doesn't do their job with the technical areas and you've got coaches running on, subs running on, you've suddenly got an even worse situation to deal with than if it's just a mass confrontation with the players. So think about that when addressing your team on this topic. And obviously, another important pillar to cover is offsides. Yeah. Obviously, you're not going to tell your assistants how to judge offsides because they should know what they're doing. But there are going to be unique situations that you need to cover because they are the classic unexpected plays where you never think you're going to have one and when it happens, you just don't know what to do. And when we mention this, obviously we're talking about a defender playing the ball with the player in an offside position. And obviously an assistant may not notice that, especially if this happens on the opposite side of the field of play from where they are. And the, you can find a way to communicate that to your assistant. If you have really loud voice, you can start screaming. That's what I used to do because being uh, the flamboyant Italian, as you used to call me, Jack, I used to scream out of my lungs, on top of my lungs, and say, no, nah, defender played it. You could wave it. But you need to find a way that works with you and fits within your style. Or another, another unique situation if, is when players interfere with an opponent, whether it's the line of vision of a goalkeeper or potentially even a defender. So you need to work out how you're going to deal with that situation. Is What, what do you expect your, uh, your assistant to do in that situation? Will you ask them to put the flag up if there is a goal and they think someone was in an offside position but they're not sure because of obviously the view they have, they can't tell the depth 
of the of that player in the penalty area, for example. So they need to talk to you because you, the referee, will be the one that has the best information. So you need to get together and put all the pieces of the puzzle together to get the best outcome and the correct outcome. But you need to discuss how you want to approach that particular situation. So we've discussed the core pillars and it's what we'd love you to take away from this is to listen to what those we think those core pillars are and think about how do they apply to your game and then maybe structure your pre-match instructions around those. But apart from those core pillars, there's a couple of other important things to discuss in your pre-match instructions. So one is to talk about the game. You know, who are the teams? What are the teams like? Uh, what are the team's league's position? Is it a cup game? What is the importance of this match? All of this just adds to the professionalism of your team and just helps your team to understand a bit what might happen in the game you know if it's first versus second for the winner to decide the league you know it's going to be a really intense game to uh, perhaps a dead rubber match at the end of the season even if you're not players especially when you're refereeing the same league for the for the for the whole season you would referee the same teams over and over so if you know there is a particular player there is a troublemaker or if you know there is a player that actually can help you on the field to manage players and potentially is a fullback that is going to be running in front of your ARs for the whole game. That's all information that can be useful and can improve your performance. So that, those are all things that you can discuss, obviously, information if you have. That's just going to help everyone refereeing better. Absolutely. And I think it's really important to always leave the floor open to questions as well. Because as every you could do... You could do the most perfect pre-match instructions, but the assistant referee might have a really specific question that you don't cover. So always ask for questions so that they have the opportunity to clarify anything they may need to. 100%, Jack. As being an assistant has a lot of challenges, and one, it's changing refereeing that you referee with every week, which means you have to adapt to many different styles. So a referee one week may ask you to signal for a foul in a certain way, another referee may ask you a different way. And that's why it's important to always ask at the end any questions because assistants can then ask you questions if they have any, which means they're going to perform at the best during the game. Just to finish up, a couple more points around pre-match instructions. Ale, when's the best time to do your pre-match instructions? I would recommend to do them as soon as, soon as possible. So if you get to the match, if you get to the field an hour before the game, do it as soon as your team is there. If you get there an hour and a half, do them as soon as you can because that leaves time to your team to think about what has been discussed. And if something comes up in the lead up to the match, there's going to be more chances to be able to discuss it before kickoff. Obviously, there's going to be times where that is not possible and some assistants are doing match after match after match. So if you don't have the time to do it an hour before the game, it's important to reach out to your team a few days before, rather via text, Facebook group message, WhatsApp group message or via email if you have all these contact details and tell them what you expect on the day. This gives your team, once again, the opportunity to think about it and be as prepared as you can be on game day. So hopefully you've managed to learn something about pre-match instructions and have maybe heard something that you can take away and help you to improve your pre-match instructions, which will make your refereeing better and allow you to take it to the next level. So what did we cover today? We covered a few key pillars of pre-match instructions. The first one being communication, second one being fouls and penalties, third one being mass confrontation, and then finally we talked about offsides and how to talk about that in your pre-match instructions. So they're all really important items to cover, and like we said earlier in the in this 
Coaching Corner episode. If you can take these key pillars and implement them in a way in your pre-match instructions that works for you, that is what is most important. Don't say, I have to say it like this because Ale and Jack said it on the Coaching Corner. Absolutely not. Take the concepts and mould them into what is important for you and what works for you. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to hear more, hit the subscribe button. For more referee education, join our Facebook group and become a RefCoach member for free at refcoach.org. If you like the work we do, you can support us by purchasing a RefCoach whistle to show that you are part of the RefCoach community when you're out on the pitch.